Welcome to the Habits of an Impactful Fundraiser from We Are For Good Studios. This limited podcast series is designed to help you get clarity for your role within a nonprofit and help you build the habits that lead to long-term growth to find balance along the journey. Today's episode is all about getting your head straight around what we're really trying to accomplish here. I can't wait to dive in with you. Once you know the basics of how nonprofit world kind of fits together with development, it comes down to like you, like what, how do you need to show up in the world? How do you need to show up to your job on a daily basis to make the most impact? And that's what this series is going to be. We're going to walk through different positions of the office and kind of help you dream a little bit and get your priority list right of asking the right questions and defining the metrics that matter. And we're going to invite some of our favorite friends to the podcast too, to add a lot of color to these conversations, because we want you to feel really activated and know what to do and what impact really looks like for your role. Yes. I mean, we are bringing the pros and the experts up to the table here at mom's kitchen table. (laughs) And we're going to like do a subversive and disruptive guide into what feels good when you're coming in to a shop, how do we work in a way that works for us, that works for the mission, that centers self-care and evolve thinking and innovation? And we've seen a lot. We've talked to a lot of people. We don't have all the answers, but we're going to go find them for you. So this new series is Habits of an Impactful Fundraiser, and it's really just a quest to reimagine how we can learn, connect, and grow in our work. And I just want to say, like, we all know it. Development is a team sport. And I'm really sorry, John, that I just already in the straight out of the gate made a sports <laughs> reference. But really understanding what it takes to build a high-performing fundraising shop is really about getting clear on individual roles of the team and how they work together to make magic. So this series, we're going to talk about metrics. We're going to give you a lot of support on the mental health and wellness side. And we're just going to give you some clarity and KPIs and some tips to really lean into what we call that impact uprising. Good. I mean, it's all so stacks on each other. And I think if you are coming at this conversation, where I'd encourage you to start is really examining, do you have a growth mindset about your life, but also like about this position that you're in? Because the power of professional development and unlocking kind of the next layer of figuring out how to do your job more impactfully it really starts with this belief that you can evolve, that you can learn the things that you don't know. It's um, everything is figure outable is what Marie Forleo says. Mm-hmm. And it's really true. You know, we didn't even know how to start a podcast, right? We Googled that and now we've got more than 300 episodes. It's everything can be figured out if you put the space and time. But for you in the nonprofit shops right now, like that involves carving out budget. That involves carving out time to pour into this and really get right Um, the things that are most important. And so I hope that that's a little bit of tone setting as we start to dive into this talk. Okay. So we're talking about development. We're talking about you. How do we develop you as a person? Because we want professional development to be the first thing added to your budget, not the first thing cut. So where we're going to start is really encouraging you 
to think about playing in a different sandbox. And we, we talk about this a lot. We think that nonprofit education and professional development, it hangs out in so many echo chambers. I mean, John, we, you and I have said this so many times, like healthcare, talking to healthcare philanthropy, higher education, talking to higher education philanthropy. And we want to break out of that. And we really want to move toward building a plan of intention for your professional growth. I don't think I have ever intentionally thought about building a plan for my professional growth in my career. And the thing is, once you do that, that act of intentionality ensures you're focused on growth of yourself, upward mobility, not just in your position, but in your knowledge and your contributions to the sector, your knowledge sharing. And so your development is going to be defined by you alone. Your boss is not going to fight for it. Maybe unless you just have an incredible boss, it's not going to be your company, your parent, your spouse, or your friend. So if you don't take responsibility for your personal development, no one else will. And let me just give you a little pat on the back. The fact that you're here listening to this podcast episode already tells us that you are a growth mindset individual who is pouring into yourself. So you've already taken the biggest step. So the biggest question is, are you playing in the right sandbox when you're seeking professional growth? And I just take it back to how we end all our conversations on the podcast with the one good thing. So I'm going to borrow one from Avi Falik, who said, if the path is clear, you're on someone else's. So let's go find our past. Let's kind of explore outside our sandbox. Let's see what we can do when we build a professional development plan of intentionality. I love that. I mean, that quote just still like gut punches me hearing you reflect that back. Mm -hmm. But so like overall, we're saying it's time to get out of our comfort zones and really get into a space where we are open to new ideas and new mindsets. And you kind of alluded to this, Becky, but our, a lot of our sector ends up in silos and we call them echo chambers because when you're only talking to people that only do that really niche kind of work that you're doing, let's say healthcare philanthropy, which was our last decade, it ends up having programs that mirror each other and that kind of lose their own voice and lose their own value at that core. And so we're going to really challenge you to look outside of the traditional walls. And we try to do that here on the podcast, which is, by the way, free, right? <laughs> Education to pour into. <laughs> but we're going to pull in, you know, entrepreneurs and business owners and board members and all kind of different types of roles to speak into this because there's something to learn from literally everyone. And so we're really trying to listen and be good listeners um, and think in progressive ways. And so this series is going to be kind of pulling all those things together and lifting the veil on what is a modern way to show up for your role that's really informed to the moment, that really helps you meet the moment. That's what we're all trying to do, right, in real time. <laughs> it's just such an exciting time. And, and I love talking about professional development. And I love trying stuff. And I think we're seeing that so much in our community right now, particularly I think about like Gen Z, they just don't see walls. They just have these innovative, brilliant crisis solving ideas. I think about our friends over at FarmLink, you know, and then what they're doing to build, uh, bring excess food into food scarcity areas. I think about gaining ground literacy. We've talked to that group, which is bringing bookmobiles to what they call book deserts, you know, places where kids don't have access to books. And so it's really about 
thinking outside the walls. And I think we can learn something from this level of innovation. So what does this all mean? It means that we need to grab our bindle. Do you know what I'm talking about by bindle the a stick bindle? with the little um, satchel off stick? the end of it? Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's the modern way. <laughs> Step out of our comfort zone of learning in the same sandboxes, the same webinars, and explore other channels the way, and, and I'm telling you, come to We Are For Good. We love you, hang out here, but there's a lot of people doing really incredible work, not only in the physical space, but definitely in the virtual space. This is not new stuff. There have been virtual teachers happening all around us all the time. There have been people who have been teaching like this in a way that connects human to human. We want you to see yourself in this. We want you to feel empowered and we want you to just fight back against the way that it's always been done. Okay. You said FireMink Project, so I can't not geek out about evolved leadership that I think threads beautifully into this conversation. Aiden Riley and Ben Collier came on the podcast earlier this season, and they talked to us about the greatest impact that their organization will likely have is the deployment of the people that are part of their organization today. And I just think like, what an evolved way to think of the infinite game of just thinking, how are you actually going to systemically take care of things is if you're pouring into the people that are in your organization today, knowing that they're going to go on and maybe start their own organizations or maybe pour in at a different place that they can advocate for you. And I think that is kind of a calling for all leaders to think about. That's the type of training that you want to pour in and investment you want to put in because you believe in the bigger things you're fighting for. And so Lots to kind of like tone set with this conversation, but let's start diving in because the other thing with this habit series that we really want to lift is just the importance of soft skills. And, you know, a lot of times I feel like we come back to like kindergarten principles on the podcast because we do think they're kind of disruptive in a really divisive time, but and super simple and we super get, simple to apply. Gets it. But as we, you know, think of this new way to learn um, and put emphasis on this training around soft skills. So that's our ability and readiness to uh, communicate as with a team, but also with our stakeholders. It's really flexing that emotional intelligence or EQ that we talk about. It's needed, especially more so even as we're showing up digitally. It's like, how can you still be human? And this really alarming, I would say, HBR article came out that said, you know, 89% of HR professionals surveyed believe that their organization's bad hires were typically because of soft skills. And that same group, 80% said that soft skills are becoming increasingly important to company success. So this kind of awakening of just being a good human and being able to connect on a personal level seems elementary, but it's kind of everything. It pours into the culture of an organization and how you live out the values that you have, you know, plaqued on your wall. It's actually like living those out in real practical terms. Too. And and I will just say, like when I go back into my major gift officer days, those soft skills made the cold calls so much easier. They made the first introduction to somebody so much easier. If you can read the room, if you can have some self-awareness, if you can do your research beforehand, it it is like a suit of armor that you can put on. And so while we love how much we pour into those hard skills of trying to figure out how we do our job, how we automate, how we transact, we have to be able to understand the human to human component. So we can't say this, John, without saying, 
you know, and, and acknowledging the fact that people out there are probably like, how do I make the case for this? Our budgets are so lean. My leader of my organization or my leader of my department, you know, is, is not the one fighting for professional development. And so we built you a little script, a little, a couple <laughs> little steps, five little steps here for how to ask your boss for a professional development budget. And I want to start with number one, which is just do your research. Mm. Have you gone out and looked at what's available? Have you looked at your the things you're curious about? Have you looked at your own KPIs or the projects that are on your plate? Have you looked about how you can leverage and flex professional development to do that better? Make sure that you have done all of your research, not only just in what is the right fit for what I need, but in cost and in time and proximity and all of those things. It's going to give you a leg up. Yeah. I mean, you can build this case with a lot of the free resources that you can probably, you know, pour into already by virtue of you listening to the podcast. I think if you've hung around here a long time, we're going to fuel you with ideas and case studies and people that are already doing it, or they have been figuring it out, or maybe they're mid figuring it out, but it's really just a starting place. And we realize we are throwing a lot at you, but the, the DMS of confirmation of saying, Hey, that one conversation triggered and changed the way I thought about partnerships and it's changed the way that I'm investing this next year and how I, you know, talk to prospective partners. And that's literally a DM I got last night. And so it happens at scale of like, these are conversation starters. How can they lead you into, okay, now knowing this, this is where I want to make investments this next year is to really understand this or plan the time or the space or the travel necessary to do X or Y. And so that's a good place to start. And there's no shortage of free content here. And if you're having trouble like deciphering that, head over to our We Are For Good community because it's all really curated there. And we have live events too that can help point you and connect you to whatever you're looking for. Yeah. And if you're curious about the community, it's weareforgoodcommunity.com, entirely free. And it will hopefully be the best pepping your step, gracious and loving <laughs> space that yes. you've ever been in and digitally. But you know, I love number two, because we know how to build a case and it's like, go out there and make the case for why this is important to you. So number three is be sure to talk about the importance of community and learning. And I think this is something that has really been awakened in me since the pandemic happened is when I used to think about how I used to learn, it would be like sitting at my computer, you know, one-on-one -on -one or in the conference, taking my notes. And it was, that was an echo chamber, me alone and myself. But when you have someone you can ask questions to, bounce ideas off, commiserate with or maybe vent. It allows learning and networking to grow. And it's not just your mission that's growing and your mission that's network is expanding. That's for you. And all of that begins in community. Put that as a key hallmark and look for professional development that has cohorts, that has coaching, that has places where you can chat with other people. That is going to be essential to helping you grow and find your people. Love it. And okay, we have to round out this case with knowing what kind of questions are going to pop up. And trust us, we've been on the other end of this trying to get dollars, you know, committed to professional development. So you do want to be prepared with what are the costs? What's the time? What's the time that you really need to invest to get the most out of that? And I think if you can really show the case for what is this going to unlock of a potential return on investment, 
for us, that's really the easiest metric if you look at, because mm-hmm. oftentimes what you're paying for, what Jess Campbell calls the fast pass is just paying for someone's expertise that could help speed you along by maybe taking a course or maybe investing in some kind of program. That amount of time alone that you're going to save, but also the confidence and the community that comes with that is going to far outweigh, even if you get one new program launched or if you get one new campaign that has a stronger close rate or whatever that may be, the ROI painted alongside it is often really, really helpful. And so I think too, you know, you can connect with people that have already taken that to give you more context. And I think this was a big selling point of reaching out to people that have already been in it and get an understanding and you can, you know, share and get to know people that have already made that investment and they can share maybe some specific things that they've gotten out of that for an example as well. And here's a little pro tip for you. If you're trying to make this case, offer to come back and share what you've learned with your team so that knowledge sharing grows internally. That is a really cool way to have an education ripple. And it's also going to get your teammates excited about the thing that you're pouring into because there's no way you're going to be able to execute these things on your own unless you're probably a shop of one. So share that information. And that way the investment looks like it's not just in you, but it's something that could be leveraged to the rest of the team. And so the last step is now go be brave and go initiate that conversation. It's that simple. I mean, I feel like I've sat in on so many different fundraising webinars and trainings where they're like, all you got to do is get the courage to go ask. And it's like, we do this all the time with our proposals and how we ask donors for gifts or for partnerships. Let's go be brave and fight for ourselves. I'm going to pump you up. Yeah. I want to get some Rocky music <laughs> if I could get the copyright for it. Like I want you to feel empowered to go in there. You are worthy of this investment. And not only is it going to grow you, it's going to grow your fundraising. It's going to grow your reach. It's going to expand the brand and it's going to grow your mission. I mean, we feel like you're totally going to win the hearts and the minds of everybody on your team with this case for pouring into professional development. But something that our friend Mallory Erickson came on the podcast and shared was just this power of the 1% shift. And if you feel like you're up against a wall that you cannot turn your entire organization around and A, you don't need to have that entire weight on your shoulders. Okay, so let's relieve you of that. But you probably have the influence to make a 1% shift. And if that means starting something, making one shift or one pivot to a program that has just been aggravating you, that it needs some kind of love. This is a chance to do that. It doesn't always have to be a full change of course. What is the 1% shift? You can, you know, add a podcast to your queue. You can, you know, start in that path and that journey. So we're here for you. And we want to kind of unpack what's coming in the upcoming weeks, because this series, while this was a tone setting about pouring into yourself, what's coming is the goods, like the tactical Ooh, goods. This is the magic. <laughs> the goods that we are for goods. Okay, here we go. This is really going to give you play by play as we look at our positions, what really matters. And so, okay, we've teased it enough. Do we want to kind of walk through what episodes are coming up? Okay. So we've got 10 that we're going to be unpacking over the next 11 weeks. And so we're going to be diving into habits of an impactful major gift officer, annual giving officer, an executive director, donor relations officer, digital marketer. John, take it from here. I mean, and then we're going to also zoom out of like habits of a good events and experience team, an impactful board member, an impactful operations team, an impactful storyteller. You know, we're already planning to geek out on that one. And then just habits of an innovative nonprofit will be our last one. 
because there's things and that the reason we chose the word habits is because as you instill these values that kind of come on a regular basis, what are the things that are playing the long game? It's our value baked into this series of what are the small things that you can do on a recurring daily, weekly basis that's going to result in inordinate amount of scale and purpose, you know, or for whatever you're chasing. And so I think this series is going to give you kind of the 2.0 lens for how to have a real thriving development shop. And we can't wait to introduce you to all the friends we're inviting to this series. We're not going to name drop today, so you can just wait in suspense as we announce each week. But we have some of the most incredible thought leaders and people on the front lines of each of these areas coming back to teach you their wisdom through this lens of habits. And so we're so excited. We are so excited. And I will say that the framework of these conversations is going to be a little different than what you're used to on the podcast. We're going to hit this format with some reoccurring things. Do this, not that. KPIs that matter, KPIs that don't matter. Daily habits, you know, and actions for success in your role. We've got a roll up of about six things that we're going to be hitting each episode. So you can come with your notepad, write it down. We want you to think about it, manifest it, and then make it happen. Know that we're cheering for you. We're so excited about this incredible habit series, and we cannot wait to see you there. Thanks for hanging with us, friends. See you soon. 